0: Welcome to another podcast on talk architecture. And I have a special session, a discussion with a person that I know uh, who has um, a degree in biology and anthropology and is a geographer. And we're going to talk about genius loci. Yeah, that's the topic for today, genius loci. And um, let me give a bit of briefing before we go into the discussion. Um, Recently, our students are doing a project on a wedding gallery or a bridal centre in an urban village. We call it Kampong. So it's called Kampong Baru or literally translated new village. It's in the middle of Kuala Lumpur. And because of certain legislation requirements, you can't simply acquire the land and develop it uh, into uh, uh, the development across the highway, which is the central business district. So a lot of these traditional houses are still intact. And a lot of vegetation, a lot of the characteristics of a Kampong. A village is right in the middle of Kuala Lumpur, so there were attitudes or their opinions about this from various people, and one of them is that you should protect it. You should make like a Vatican City sort of idea that to protect this enclave, this Malay traditional enclave. If you could, you could argue that. So with me, I have. um Norashida Hashim, Dr. Norashida Hashim, whom I mentioned just now, the geographer. And um, we were just discussing about this idea of genius loci. And from me, trained as an architect, um, she mentioned that um, we, should, we should have genius loci as the bread and butter or the core subject. In theory of architecture, to continue to drum in or to actually expand on this, or you know, investigate this concept with the student over and over again until the um, until when, uh, when they graduate, because this is a very important concept, and maybe in the uh, in the light of urban conservation or rapid development or the loss of identity in, or the loss of the sense of place in the urban environment such as in this case Kuala Lumpur or maybe wherever you are in your cities in uh, from any parts of the world now you have this place which is kind of special maybe it's about the nature maybe it's about certain type of trees or cl- a cluster of, uh, or maybe it's a sense the sense that it is not the scale, the human scale, or something like that. Rashida, would you like to to, um, to point out some of the points here? Shall I call Rashida? Sorry, uh, what should I call you? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine.
1: You can, you can call me Rashida. You can call me Anne. Um, yeah, we. Uh, this is actually a bit unreal because, you know, you. Because I have to <laughs> to talk to you as if. I am. Uh, I'm talking as if I don't. I don't know you or as if I'm. I'm
0: saying something. No, I'm just having something. another accent. You're, oh, okay. You know uh, me as someone who likes to do accents, right? Yes. Yes. So this is just like the officious talk architecture host accent.
1: Yes. So um, I'm trying to get over the fact that you know. I mean, to f- that this is this is this is a real thing. We're having a real conversation, and this is not something that I. As something superficial, but, oh, artificial. So, uh, genius loci, um, I actually, when was the first time I I learned about this Latin, Latin, yeah, Latin phrase? Genius loci, I think it's Latin. Um, I mean, I don't remember when exactly, but probably very recently, Oh, when I started hanging out with architects <laughs> um for real because I think we don't we don't use we don't normally use this phrase in in in, in my field or fields which is which are biology and, and 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 geography or or at least I'm not really a geographer I'm not Not train. First and foremost, train as as a biologist. So um, I think when my you can call it my issue with with you know with with trying to having a proper meaningful, fulfilling uh, discussions with people from different field in architecture. To me is a different feel uh, and I consider myself still an outsider, although I've been hanging out with architects such as yourself for, for many years now um, is that and and is that I think I have an issue with people um using terminologies like like it, it truly. It truly means something to to them when I suspect they don't even know what they're talking about because because I don't seem to understand what they're trying to say when I ask them to articulate, they fail to do so. I mean, if the if to me, it is when you are able to express a meaning of a certain word uh to somebody who's outside of your field that may, that that to me is very important. That means to me that you really understand because you have to unpack it. Yeah unpacking. I, I was talking to my students about this. Yes because you have you have to understand it the most basic basic pula basic
0: fundamental. <laughs> <of> morning. <laughs> Yeah, there is some uh, uh, Malaysian slangs that we're um, putting
1: on, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it was basic, um, fundamental, fundamental.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, unpacking the, the word genius, genius loci, suddenly you heard, heard a bunch of architects using it. And I was trying to, dis- to explain to my students as well because they, they, they're starting to be analytical, You know, in second year, you'd want them to be critical in their thoughts and analytical. So and then I had to go and define the strength, um, uh, strength, weaknesses, uh, opportunities and uh, threats uh, analysis. And uh, we define strength of a particular site. We went to the site in Kampong Baru and... um, Uh, I I had to do a definition of what this is about. The strength is about the characteristics of the site. It's about the characteristics. That's important that we deal in architecture when it's about the urban or your neighborhood design, you know, thinking about context, especially phenomenology, that we're talking about the sense of place, which is uh, what people call genius loci.
1: Yeah. So kampong baru um when we talk about kampong baru we have to think about kampong baru that means we we have yeah, the act of talking involves thinking and to me la okay um so and and then and, and and I think before I well you can you can certainly talk about something that you think about without visiting it hmm you know I mean, I can certainly talk about Paris because I haven't been to Paris You know, yeah okay you know um, but that would be that conversation is actually quite theoretical or um without you know theoretical is based on something that I read mm-hmm. right um so i I don't know if that kind of conversation where you does- which is devoid of any experience of a place is um is is good enough for you to talk about a sense of a place because i think when it comes to a sense of place and you if you want to be able to to talk about a sense of any place in this case it's you have to go there and try to experience it. And I think experience involves time.
0: Yeah. Know? yeah, I reflected um, that when I had a conversation with my group, the group of students that I'm in charge with, yes, and uh, they were telling me there was putting in um, uh, feedback from them yes. from them. And one girl said, "I was just busy doing the vegetation analysis or studies yes, yes. that I didn't have time to actually experience Kampung Baru." And it's yeah. a valid point valid. because of time. Yes. You said talking about um, a sense to to yes. to experience um, a case study or whatever you call it, yeah, a, a space. You need to actually um, let yourself loose or. Um, letting yourself lose is one thing yeah,
1: and, and and I think well, I think I understand what you're saying by letting let, letting yourself loose uh, i mean based on my own experience and and you know like um when i was doing my field work in the forest like you know for the first time and uh, you know i spent hours countless hours in the forest okay like measuring the diameter at breast height of Of trees, Mm. you know, like um, it was very. It's time consuming. It's it's physical work, um. You know, I it was an act of collecting data, right? So in terms of collecting data, I have very detailed collecting data, but what I do is define or what it is is what I did. Was actually, I was following. Uh, a set a set of procedures mm-hmm. which was a set of procedures which was determined predetermined by by um, by a theory or by um by um a method or methodology.
0: Okay. Can I ask you this because you're it seems so, so... Wait,
1: wait wait so so I can understand so my understanding my experience of the forest at that time was deep only in that aspect.
0: Quantitative data.
1: Well, I understood, you know, I mean, I, I knew how many, the number of trees mm-hmm. in a particular plot and, the, you know, their scientific names um, the, you know, like, but because I was f- focusing so much on trying to, to, to achieve my task, I, I had to sort of numb, uh, or, or, or turn off my other senses, and like I think I, I fail to appreciate. You know the, the smells
0: of the forest. I would like to interject at the moment okay. regarding what my students are doing. Of course, mm-hmm. the students in the first year they were doing architecture through fantasy. You know, in a way, artistic process. It was they were thought that way, and then they had we had a project which was a meditative space in uh, it's a hypothetical site, and you know on a cliff and and made of stone. Some students just planted forests. You know, it is quite fantastical. So they were even imagining the space. Now they have a site and they're scared of it. They have a real site. The A few managed to get into the site and um, got some data, but the way it is is that the students always follow the lecturer. So if the lecturer were to look at it purely as a data collection, quantitative exercise, when we were talking about um, the tree, uh, you you need to find out the diameter of the tree, or the circumference, sorry, you measure it out. And if it's a certain circumference, The local authority says you cannot chop the tree or something like that. And there was this guideline. So it was, it's not like feeling like when you said senses, it's not like we didn't ask the student to approach it in a sensual or sensorial way. You know, we asked the student to be more of like a technical technician way of about uh, going about it. But yet again, when, when they are starting that project, we want them to think about the sensorial way. So we urge them to visit the site again. But this, but this is the first time the students are visiting site. In the first year, they this particular batch, they did everything online. So you imagine that fear of going to do this site and this design because we are asking them to, to keep in touch with their senses now. Right. What do you think about the methodology that we are doing as architects or as any people studying um, nature that is in existence, although in the secondary or man-planted, uh, man you know, uh, uh, it's not even a forest, but it's, you know, you mentioned a park forest. This approach in actually understanding genius, loci, or sense of place. Yeah. Um, yes.
1: This is actually a really, really important uh, topic. Yeah. Um, It's actually about how we learn. How we learn, okay. How we learn. How we learn. Why do we learn at all? This is definitely, you know, something that we do, and something that is very human, and very, very vital to 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 our survival. Um, Obviously, there are many different methods to learning. You know, I mean, you know, if you go into a formal theory of, of learning, I'm sure there are many, 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 many theories, and, you know, you have this and that, whatever. But I think at the very basic of it, I think, is to be able to recognize that, you know, we you, you learn something, there is this need to learn something so that we can understand ourselves and our place, our place, you know. Um, I suspect, mm-hmm. I suspect um, you all are not doing probably, are not doing it the in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that you are not having and not you, you guys are not open to to criticism of of the ways of your ways of, of, of doing things. Because you're too familiar. You're too familiar with your methods. You you and your techniques. It's too familiar. Yes. Um I mean, meaning you're too familiar. You also attach monetary value. Right? You know, I mean, the number of students. You know, you get a, number, a certain number of students, and therefore, you get a certain, a certain amount of money from them. And then you want them to. You just want them to go through the, the motion to go through the process so that they graduate. And what happens to them after that? You don't really care. Do I don't really care? I mean, when I say you, I'm not talking about you as a person. I'm talking about the whole institution.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why there's individuals that care and try to, to do it right. Yes, yes. But uh, I get your point. That's interesting it's when you institutional,
1: say about that.
0: It's institutional. Don't yeah. care Okay, can we talk about how, how we learn? How we learn? Um, okay, again? Yeah. Uh, I I just have a check at the timing here. Okay, we're good. So um, uh, when you said about monetary... Yeah. Besides the COVID-19 situation where we can't get access mm-hmm. to certain things like visiting traditional houses, mm-hmm. um, it's very interesting what you're saying that... Um, um uh the learning the learning comes from um students uh, going through experiences and then we 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 talk to them about it yeah and um and you know um one one colleague of mine who I work closely with uh said that uh um uh uh regarding uh, learning experience for students of architecture, um, it's, it's very important to take them around and actually explain uh, the, the good and the bad. It's not really, they will learn from the bad as well. It's not like necessarily that you have to, you know, that's, that's not... Um, seeing things and observing things is such an important thing in architecture education and studying them and sketching them out and improving your sketch. Uh, that's like a traditional way from t- many, many years before that architects uh, have to express themselves by able the ability to draw and on the spot and not necessarily with digital application, but manually and actually able to explain uh, cl- with clarity uh, the, or there is a, the story behind anything, the meaning behind anything. So this is the bread and butter that you're talking about. And uh, when talking about the sense of place, it is an attitude because some people will have a different attitude. Everybody would agree that students of architecture need to be able to express themselves, explain, draw. But one thing that they may disagree is that why do we need to maintain Kampung Baru at all? Why do we need to maintain the sense of place this traditional sense of place, you know. It's just a waste of uh, space. We need to have people to be living in, in high-rises. We need, you know, they need to be just like another high-rise. Kamabaru need to be obliterate. Just save uh, 11 traditional houses in one corner. Just relocate them. Oh, and say that's a representation. That's enough for the student. They, they will become like a homestay or something, and the students can come and visit or a museum piece so the student can come and visit, oh, that's traditional architecture. So why do traditional architecture, why preserve at all this, the whole enclave, you know, what's the value in that in terms for the people of Kuala Lumpur, you know, so there is that that limbo uh, situation with Kampung Baru, Kampung Baru. Not many people would agree to save Kampong Baru. Why should we save Kampong Baru? People can't even, it's so dirty. Some places, in some places, they hang their clothes, you know. So that was an interesting conversation I had with one student who who said, Why should we uh, have our design in our side talking to this other, addressing this? this, uh, Obviously, there are people living in these traditional houses with lots of clothes hanging, dirty lawn. So I was I had to give her examples of if you make a they are doing that now in the current situation because the site that you're designing is saying I'm 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 unorganized I'm dirty so they mimic you but if you were to make a nice site and you address them because you see potential in them because they have a nice view of a traditional house and you respect that view they would spruce up you know. It's like an injection of a value of creating a, a, a architecture can create the value in terms of space which uplift the spirit, you know, which can create, yeah, in a way, a sense of place, a new sense of place, a new context, uh, looking at the potential of the site and elevating to a new context that could be making a nice, desirable uh urban context yeah um, well
1: you know you brought up more than one 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 issues or one um, topics yeah Um, and I and I have to pick one so if if I if I understand you correctly I think your concerns are multiple but the main concern is is i think with to do with how much your students are learning from uh, from your this course. exercise yeah you know um, how much you are concerned you worried if they're not learning enough yes I think it's very, very important for your students to experience the sight, to appreciate the sight, to really, and, and therefore, hopefully, they can, by doing that, they can match the meaning of genius loci to how they feel or experience. It's very important to be able to, to use a word that you can attach a um, proper meaning to, you know how it, they feel how they feel so it has to be a a meaningful yeah it's meaning right this how you attach meaning by right? by being as close as possible to the intended meaning um uh, but but what yeah but, but about kampung baru um yes you know i mean i'm actually quite familiar with the current um political aspirations. <laughs> As political aspirations. Yeah. Well, the economic pressures. Um, yep. Yeah, I think, but there are a lot of conversations about how to move forward, you know, from, um, uh, how to develop it, how not to develop it, how to conserve it. Um, this is, I... It's a, it's about survival. It's about how we see ourselves in the future. You know? Um, at the individual level, it's about how I see myself in the future, how I would live in the future. So some people... Um, but I, then again, I think we all want to have a good life, right? We all want to have a good life until we die. And then we all want
0: yep. That that is a very good point how we see ourselves in the future. And I think we'll I'll wrap up the session on today's podcast and I thank you Dr. Nora Shida Hashim for sharing your thoughts regarding architecture theory. And architecture, well, in a way, uh, giving your um under uh, your what you think about education, about learning, yeah. As I believe that you are also an educator, or have had the experience of being an educator, a learner, a learner. Okay, lifelong learning, <laughs> learning. <laughs> That's what we do. Thank you again for this this session, and hope to talk to you in another session. Would you like to say anything else to the audience? Thank (laughs) you,